that what they're doing is actually affecting their destiny. Earning doesn't mean that there's no effort. The path of uprightness is the way of wisdom is not something, Dan, that you and I can do. Then it does enable me to obey these things yeah. and to avoid the way of evil. Right, because you've been set free. Yeah. This honestly is a lens in which I, I feel like I can now view any command in the Bible, right? You know how sometimes it feels like everything's chaotic and you're just not sure what to do? Like maybe the fabric of the universe is unraveling or like your mind is a battlefield and you're not sure which way to go. Maybe you simply wish that you had some better directions for living life outside of Babylon. This podcast is designed to help you clear your head from the fog of the battle that so often creeps into our minds and hearts. Our heart for you is that you develop clear thinking and get direction, get biblical clarity that leads to discernment about culture and life, emotions, passions, and a bunch of other important issues to find your way out of the fog and live a life that is grounded and engaged in the way of Jesus. This first season, we'll focus on the book of Proverbs and consider several questions. What is Proverbs? Why is it important today? What's its basic message? What is wisdom? Can we know it and apply it today? I'm Jim. I've invited some friends of mine to join me at the table and learn together to reclaim and engage Proverbs. The dream in our hearts is that you and a community of people like you would join us. All right, here I am with Daniel. We're at the table. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Glad you're here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. That's an honor and a joy to have you here. Uh, Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, so I grew up in Atlanta. In a Christian household, my mom, very faithful woman, um, I would say around 13, certainly strayed from uh, the Lord, went prodigal. Um, and honestly, from 13 to, I'd say about 30, I'm 36 now, so from 13 to about 30, um, I just lived for myself, lived in the world. I was always a very skeptical guy, always very, um, uh, I think I was a little, thought I was a little bit smarter than I was. and. Um, really into politics, really into philosophy, and mm-hmm. I think just assumed that the answers weren't out there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, in my late 20s, early 30, early 30s, around 30, I, uh, I came back to the Lord, or I came to the Lord. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at now. I know I, you t- said, tell me a little bit about yourself, and I just gave you like a mini testimony. <laughs> oh, that's <right>. awesome. <laughs> I guess that's the first place I go. Transformation. Right? I love it. Hope so, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, Jesus at work in your life. Amen. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. So what do you do for fun? What do you do for work? Yeah. So I'm in sales and it's funny. So uh, I, at, when I came to faith, I got so into apologetics and I'm still into apologetics. I love apologetics. Um, and I'm in sales. I sell over the phone. And so I handle a lot of objections. So I debate slash argue okay. points and try to <laughs> all day. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like the sense of humor of the Lord to like put me in a, in a position where I can sharpen my skill, hopefully in, um, helping people with an ethical product and overcome objections. Man. And I'd like to transfer that. And it definitely tests my empathy. So I think, <laughs> I, you know, I think knowing the arguments is one thing, uh, actually loving the people that you're debating with is is yeah. the real key um at the end of the day all of the apologetic answers in the world even for myself when i came to faith it was just the gospel it was needing a savior rather than having every answer sewn up perfectly that that mm. brought me back to him so mm. so i'm in sales um 
Uh, I'm pretty plugged into my church. I, uh, I have some great friends. Uh, I love uh, long walks on the beach. I love oatmeal <laughs> cookies. No, I do love those things, but I love... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love I love information, man. I yeah. love conversations. I love talking. I love what we're doing right now. Yeah. So I have a podcast. Yeah, um, I was gonna I was gonna say, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, so I, you know, give it, us the name so people <laughs> can check it out. So the podcast is called "You Can't Say That in Church." Um, can't say that in church. Yeah, you can't say that in church, and just just <laughs> that you can put the emphasis on whatever word you like. But yeah, just so anybody knows, if anybody goes and looks that up, the idea when you turn it on, you're like, whoa! The idea of the podcast was me and my buddy Andrew. We felt like, man, nobody's having these conversations in church or, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's putting on this face, if you will, sometimes. So we're like, dude, we should start a podcast and just just address all the topics that like are controversial or whatever. So is apologetics. Is that your answer for what you do for fun? (laughs) (laughs) As nerdy as that sounds. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I mean, I love I love like going and playing pickleball or spike ball and just community stuff, but, um, Uh and just hanging out. I love nature. I love walks. Uh, I love hikes, but, um, well, uh, tonight at the table, we've got a text, right? So yeah, it's, uh, Proverbs, what's the, what are the verses again? Proverbs 4, 10 through 27. So this is the latter half of four. Yeah. Would you go ahead and read that for us? I'd love to jump in. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of the uprightness, of uprightness. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. This is the word of the Lord. Is the word of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> yes. Well, Daniel, as you've maybe read this a little bit before, what stood out to you? So two things. So the first thing um, that maybe we can dive into a little deeper later is um, the way of the wicked is is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. And it just, when I read that, when I was listening to it yesterday, I, I immediately thought of Colossians 1.13, um, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I just thought they do not know over what they stumble. So I just, the first thing that came to mind was lost people, myself when I was lost and the unknowingness of the darkness. And, um, it's terrifying to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 it it lends a sense of urgency for us as Christians mm-hmm. to want to speak truth and evangelize and share the gospel. Um, and I, I think when Paul told Timothy to be kind to everyone that they may escape the snare from the devil after being captured by the devil to do his will. So that's it made me think of the lost. Mm-hmm. And then just reading it now, the thing that just kept coming up was... You might have heard it in my tone, and I didn't listen to it or read it like this until now, but 
my son, this emphasis of love on listen to me. It's not, it's not, I command that, you know, you read some of the, the Old Testament um, or any of the Old Testament laws and it can come across, you, it can easily be read as very stoic and very, you shall not do this. You shall not do that. You shall not do that. And this comes across as so, listen to me. Yeah. I don't want you to lose. Yeah. But now that I think about it, maybe, <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So even those Old Testament laws for that time and even the ones that are universal, it's the same God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really good that you picked that up, Daniel. I think that's really the, the heartbeat of this prologue, the first yeah. nine chapters that we're plowing our way through episode by episode. It's always a father mm. talking to his son. Yeah. And this is... You know, we didn't we didn't read verses one through nine, but verses one through nine are the first time that um, the person who the, the father refers to his father teaching him things. Mm-hmm. So it is, I noticed that too. Yeah. yeah. What what is that about? Well, it's something that's uh, in another episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it still it still speaks. And it's worth underlying in yeah. in this one as well. Is that this is very much. An actual father's, mm-hmm. and oftentimes the mother's referred to. Yeah. The mother and the father speaking to their son, to their sons. It's Solomon talking to his son. It's Solomon talking to all of the sons of Israel. Yeah. It's it's personal. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that on the way over here when I listened to it for the second or third time that, you know, it's so you could easily read this and just be like, oh, this is God, my son, do this, commands. And not that it's not ultimately yeah. through the Holy Spirit it is, but yeah, at one point even like make sure you know I was a boy once too. I was yeah. a child once too. Yeah, my father yeah. said this to me. Yeah. When I was the the only one in the sight of my mother. Right. Yeah. So there's this tenderness to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I just think is so striking about over and over and over having a lifetime commitment to reading the Proverbs is that you you pick that up. And if you read it through like we are bit by bit, you kind of get the sense of the father telling the story as he's laying out all of these different poems for his mm-hmm. for his son that he loves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's really good. The, the deep darkness. I really appreciate you sharing this personally. How much that um, that sense um, from your own life really marks really marks you. Yeah, and 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 I think that. You know, I look back on those times and I can't, not to be hyperbolic, but really can't believe just the darkness that I was in. But at the time, you know, intellectually, you know, something is against the cultural more that I shouldn't be doing this or this isn't my mom wouldn't want me to do this. But there's there's not this internal ache in your soul or your heart because you have a heart of stone, right? And until you have the heart of flesh, you can, in retro, that, that heart of flesh gives you a 2020 retrospect where you can see, wow, that was dark. So again, it, it just gives me, it gives me um, empathy and um, a fear of the Lord and a, and a, and a hunger to, 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 to go after these, the people in darkness as I once was, as we all were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's which is, I guess, the attitude of the father for his son, which is really the attitude we should have for all the lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the father has the heavenly, our heavenly father has towards all of his. What, what stood out to you about it? 
Yeah, so there's there's several things in here. There's a format to the to the unit there, verses 10 through 19. Um, you've got essentially verses 18 and 19 are the conclusion. Mm-hmm. And you see those as a contrast, right? There's the path of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And those are definitely contrasting. One of them is about the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until full day. And the way of the wicked is deep darkness. So there's a huge contrast here that the father's concluding with. But how how does he get there? What is it that he tackles in the, the earlier verses? Um, look at verses 14 through 17, where he talks again about the path of the wicked. Mm-hmm. What do you see when you look through there? I'm kind of doing this in reverse, but... It's good to switch things up. What do you see in all those verses about the path of the wicked and the way of evil? The path, uh, the wicked. I just keep seeing do not go on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, How many different times does the father warn uh, away uh, and tell the son, essentially, avoid yeah. this way? Yeah. It's so Count them. Such a, Okay. Do not enter one. Do not go on it too. Um, avoid it. Avoid do it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. Turn away Pass from on. it. Pass on. Pass on. In those two verses, 14 and 15, there are six oh, different right. times yeah. that he says, don't do it. Do not enter. Do not walk. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away. Pass on. Wow. I never. It's, yeah. it's wow. strong, right? I mean, this is six times. Now, wow. in contrast, look at what he says uh, to his son in verse 10. He says, hear, my son, accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I've taught you in the way of rights. And he goes on and he comes back in verse 13. Keep hold. Mm -hmm. Do not let go. Guard her. So there's three positives to accept my words. Mm -hmm. And then there are double that number. about (laughs) Right. So it's a... It's a, you know, when, you, yeah. when you're thinking about being a kid and memorizing these kinds of things, you know, you memorize things and after a while they kind of sink in like, oh, wow, that's a lot. I mean, like dad doubled up yeah. on avoiding the path of the wicked and the, and the path of evil. Yeah. It must be important. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that really struck me is that the, the comparison there in the emphasis of the father uh, of how evil evil is now the. Do you think that's because the nature of man is to maybe by default go on the path of darkness? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's our tendency, right? Yeah. Since Adam and Eve, yeah. you know, that's the, that's our bent. Yeah. The first, the first instruction, the first lecture in chapter one, the father's just over and over and over again. My son, you, you, you got to be aware of what's out there. Right. And in chapter one, actually, it's it's similar. Here he's he's picking up. You know, chapter one there was that that concept of how uh, people were uh, cold blooded killers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The bad Wait guys are really yeah. bad. Wait for them. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna take them out. We're gonna spill their blood. We're gonna take their stuff. Here, what does he say about the evil? They, verse sixteen. They cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. Yeah. They they are robbed of sleep, <laughs> sleep unless they, unless they have made someone stumble. Wow, I, I just noticed that. Cause made someone stumble 
you could argue also could mean, I mean, I don't know if this is exegetically right, but you could also, I think of stumble in the sense of someone joining them, someone who is on the righteous path. So the first part for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. There's the wrong, there's the violence, whatever, Mm -hmm. but they are robbed of sleep until they pull in someone who stumbles, whether Christian, non-Christian, whatever it is, until they make someone stumble. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, and and maybe it is, uh, that evil is addictive. Mm. Like I can't, I can't do without it. I'm addicted to it. So it's, and, and how do addictions happen? They happen incrementally, right? You don't just wake up one day addicted to something. It's, there's a, there's a progress and that happens quite often. In the description of all these different characters, you know, you start with the youth and the, the innocent, and then there's the the simple who are, you know, not really on the straight and narrow, and then you got the mocker, and then you got the scoffer, and then you've got the, the fool, and then you've got the wicked. Well, he's going all the way to the end result here. The bottom end of of how bad it can get is the wicked. Man, you're actually blowing my, my mind right now because the what just popped in my head was... When you say addiction starts incrementally, oftentimes it also starts with something that in and of itself is not evil, whether it be wine, whether it be drink, whether it, but you know, even if we want to talk about a biblical view of sexuality, sexuality in, in its God made essence is a beautiful thing. Right. Uh, you know, be aware of the adulterers, her words drip honey. Honey is an amazing thing. The Lord even says it's amazing. But, yeah. So, wow, I didn't even yeah. think about that, the addiction part. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think that's really, you know, and then it goes on. Verse 17 says, they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. I mean, that's yeah. their food and drink is violence. It's, uh, it's wickedness. It's, it's their way that is deep darkness that they don't even know over what they're stumbling. They don't recognize that what they're doing is actually affecting their destiny. And that's a major, major theme in Proverbs yeah. is what you do affects your destiny. Yeah. If you do this, then this on either end. Can I ask you, and I just saw this. Sure. Bread and wine. (laughs) You noticed that. I just noticed it to be fair. I just, like, yeah. Wow. It's their sustenance. So rather than the bread of life, yeah, their sustenance. Yeah. It's It's, wicked. It's religious, right? Yeah. There's a religious connotation to it. Yeah. Now, wow. I'm not sure when when the editors put this together if they understood or were forecasting what Jesus is going to do with the bread and wine, or if they were like making a Passover kind of a reference. Mm-hmm. You know, bread and wine was part of Passover. There's a lot more things in the Passover meal. Yeah, I, again, I, we can speculate. Holy Spirit knew though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see a lot of different things as you read these different uh, these different poems, these different units of thought that are just like, oh man, it really does forecast. Jesus, man, those those blow my mind, um, and uh, they increase my faith so much. Reading the Old Testament, reading Isaiah fifty three, and just a, a ton of other passages or any passage, yeah. and seeing Christ in it, I think that's one of my favorite things. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's do that with this poem it. right now. Where where do we see Jesus in this particular poem? Versus, well, we didn't even really talk about the positives in verse eleven through twelve. <laughs> yeah, <it> was <laughs> kind of jumping to the end. <laughs> Um, Very let's look at that and then go. let's get to Jesus. Um, <laughs> just go to the depression. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that, that's what happens when I start thinking yeah. and I'm, I'm tipping my hand when I start seeing the need yeah. for a savior, it, it makes me think about yeah. Jesus. So look at what it says here though. 
Verses 10 and 13 are, I'm just going to use the term, it's, in a, it's like a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Verse 10 and 13 are the bread, and 11 and 12 are the meat, all right? So verse 10 and verse 13 say essentially the same kind of thing. Yeah. Hear my son, accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. And then verse 13, keep hold of instruction, do not let go, guard her, for she is your life. So that's 13, it's got all those commands in it. But the the meat of that that section about the way of wisdom and the mm-hmm. path of righteousness is I have taught you and I have led you when you because I have taught you, because I have led you when you walk. I put the because in there myself, but it has that implication. Your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. So there's something really strong about the fact that the father has a very high opinion of what he has taught his son. What I'm saying is is right. Yeah. This is the way of wisdom. And here we are. We're six lectures in yeah. uh, this prologue where there are ten different lectures. And he's talked to his son. He's laid out all these things. He's taking them on this epic journey, showing him who the bad guys are and who wisdom is and who all the characters are that you're going to meet along the way. Right. And he's saying, I've taught you. I've led you. And if you if you run, you will not stumble because you're keeping hold of instruction. That's the good news. We've got the contrast and the comparison in verses 18 and 19 between the path of righteousness. I have a side question about that for you. Okay. Real quick. We'll do, we'll do the side question. We okay. can get to Jesus. we got to get to Jesus. <laughs> in the first podcast you did, I believe it was with Eliza, you read a passage, and then ultimately the conclusion was, you can't do this, though. So maybe I am getting to Jesus. Like, you are. Because it's like, if you do this, then this. So I guess what I would ask you, but but I also don't think that the promises in here and the assurances of if you live this way are just null. It's like, I don't I think it would be too black and white to just say, you can't do any of that, so throw it all out the window and just who cares how you live? Jesus did it. Amen. You're saved by grace. So where's that middle of, okay, I can't, I guess it's, I can't do this perfectly to earn my salvation. However, now that I am saved... I can live from that. And now that I have the spirit by the spirit, I do have the ability to do this. But how do you see Like, Yeah, it's a really great question. Yeah. I think there's a sense in which you you said the right word, but you can't earn it. Mm -hmm. But earning doesn't mean that there's no effort. Mm. And being given God's grace doesn't mean that there's no obedience. Yeah. That's a false... A false gospel to say, well, yeah. I, I don't, I can't earn it. I don't have to do anything. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Is really undercutting what Scripture teaches us. Yeah, the whole of Scripture. Right, because we weren't, we we're, we're not saved by works, but Ephesians says we are, we were created for good works. For good so works. that implies in Christ. In Christ. So that mm-hmm. implies that in Christ, by the Spirit, we have yeah. the ability to, yeah, not do it perfect like Him, but. To, right. to, to to press. So who are we? Who are we depending on here? What is this? What is I this? have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you. So we're, finish your question. I apologize. That's okay. Yeah, I was. Who are we? Who yeah. are we ultimately depending on here? When we look at this, there's a sense in which the son is depending on his father to yeah. lead him, right? And that is where. Uh, I see the need for Jesus. We are sons who, as you said a second ago, we we can't 
obey all these things. I have taught you. I have led you. Yeah. There's a, a f- an, an anticipation of the relationship between the Father, mm-hmm. God, and yeah. the second person of the Trinity, mm-hmm. the Son. Yeah. That is implicit and um, is an undercurrent in all of these poems where the Father is speaking to the Son. It, in that context, in that era, people were not used to calling God Father. Right. right. That was pretty pretty new when Jesus did that. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't totally unfamiliar. Right. <laughs> there was a reason why Jesus could draw that conclusion, because Jesus, I think, like any good Jewish boy, was memorizing his Proverbs. Mm. Yeah. And he was hearing the voice of his Father through the scripture. Yeah, that's great. In the yeah. same way that we do. But the the path of righteousness, the path of uprightness, is the way of wisdom is not something, Dan, that you and I can do in and of ourselves. It's not. Yeah. That's why it's so important that we recognize that even in Proverbs, we've you know, it was the previous chapter, the one we're looking at, where it says, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? Oh. Lean not on your own understanding, yeah. but in how all many of your ways, ways, all of them, acknowledge him. That's a 100%, I can't do this on my own effort. I cannot earn it. Yeah. But then when wisdom comes into my heart, when Jesus, I have a personal relationship with wisdom, then it does enable me to obey these things yeah. and to avoid the way of evil. Right. Because you've been set free. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So Dan, as we've gone through all this, these, uh, these verses, what's really, um, what are you taking away? What are you going to apply? Yeah. The, the personalization, I think number one, um, like I said, it's so easy for me at least to read commands, instructions in the Bible and read it black and white and objective. I know it's true. I know it's moral. I know it's good. I know it's, I know it's of Christ. Um, but really seeing that emphasis on your dad telling you, listen to me, man, listen to me. Mm. Don't do it. Don't do that. Um, don't touch the stove proverbially, not, you know, because I love you, you know? Um, so I would say the personalization of commands, this honestly is a lens in which I, I feel like I can now view any command in the Bible, right? Because again, it's the same God from... Uh, you know, the, the, the not eat the tree, you know, do not eat the, the fruit of the tree to the law, to uh, the epistle commands mm-hmm. um, and the, obviously the gospel commands. Yeah. So I'd say the personalization and then um, you really did a great job of breaking down um, the structure of it. I tend to just read it um, <laughs> almost like it's an epistle of Paul yeah. where he's just yeah. like a 30-minute run-on sentence. But like, no, like it makes sense like in these these patterns. I want to color code this now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to you get one of those. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Pro- yeah. Talk about color. Dude, Proverbs would be a color-coding gold mine. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I guess any book in the Bible would be. But Yeah. And you know, there's a whole other episode in here at some point for people that are new to this idea of actually studying scripture, much less Proverbs of like, how, what are, what is it we're doing? Um, 
another episode. Why do you think that's so important, Jim, though, as someone who's studied this for so many years? Why do you think that having, whether it's the inductive study method or any type of method, why do you feel it's so important what we're doing versus just, I'm going to go to the Bible, I'm going to read it practically, and then I'm going to just see what it has for me, and I'm, which I think is a lot of what we did when we were younger Christians or newer Christians. Yeah. Why is that so important? Yeah, that's a great question, Daniel. I think it's because it's so beautiful, mm. to put it in a word. Yeah. Every time I go back, and I've been looking at Proverbs since I was a kid. I've been doing the, read the chapter of the day of the month, you know, yeah. all through my teen years. Yeah. And I, it's it's really formed me. Yeah. And I keep doing it. And every time I do it, even as you were reading it, I was like, oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like living and active, right? <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's like a jewel. You know, it talks a lot of different times about this is a uh, an adornment around your neck. This is just mm. beautiful. Mm. Yes. And when you see something, you look at it slightly different. It's like, oh, well, that's beautiful too. Like him. Yeah. <laughs> it's the eternal word of God. Come on. Him. Yes. It's the eternal word yes, of God. And I so love the word. <laughs> we're not going to exhaust it. Uh, but as we look at it, it shapes us. It's so beautiful because like uh, uh, and, uh, this, these commands, my son, that son could be eight years old and understand this to a degree. Not fully. None of us could exhaustively understand it, like you just said. But also you could be 90 and be like, wow, notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Man. Yeah. So I want people to fall in love with God's word mm. yeah, and to see its beauty and to see the, the absolute stunning creativity yeah. that God had in putting these, having Solomon write them and then yeah. having the editors put them in the way that they did. Mm-hmm. It's all part of his, his inspiration and yeah. his inherent word. Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like we need to pray. I don't pray it in all of these, and I don't know that I'm going to put it on the on the podcast. But I just feel the need to to exalt in what Jesus has done, and so I'll start. And if you want to pile on, absolutely. Would you do us a favor and follow Out of the Fog Proverbs on your favorite podcast listening app? And while you're there, leave a review. It really does help. We're trying to get the word out, so if you would share this podcast with your friends, that would be great. And let us hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Out of the Fog Proverbs or email Out of the Fog Proverbs at gmail.com. Thanks. Looking forward to our next time together.